Thank you for listening to Christian Family Church Podcast. Here at CFC, our mission is to live and communicate the power of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to the world around us. From wherever you're listening, we hope you'll be encouraged by this week's message. God we have. Thank you, Lord. Thanks, team. I invite you to take your seats, and uh, we're going to come around the Word of God this morning, and uh, excited to share what God's put on my heart this morning with us. But how about we pray right now before we open up the Bible together? Lord God, we just thank you for the power of your Word. God, we thank you for your love for us, that you would not just leave us on the earth and and abandon us, Lord. But Lord, you've given us your word to understand who you are, what you've done, and what you are like. And Lord, you've sent your Holy Spirit to guide us, to help us, to teach us, to help us understand the things of your word. And God, I just pray today that you would help us, Lord, as we come around your word to really hear what your spirit is saying to us today. Lord, for every single one of us, whether we've been here for a hundred years or today's our first Sunday, Lord, I just pray that you would speak to our hearts, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to open up straight away in 1 Kings chapter 17. And uh, if I put my Bible up the right way, it would help. 1 Kings 17 and verse 1. It says this, Now Elijah, and this is the very first time we meet Elijah in the Bible. It says, Now Elijah, who was from Tishbe in Gilead, told King Ahab. So we've got Elijah, he comes before the king and he says, As surely as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, the God I serve, there will be no dew or rain during the next few years until I give the word. Wouldn't you love to have confidence like that? It's like you, you just speak it out and, and there's going to be no rain for the next three and a half years because that's what came to pass. He had confidence, he had boldness, he spoke it out, and that's exactly what happened. I mean, it's Mother's Day today. Mums, I wonder how many of you would love to have the authority and the confidence that you said, you will go and clean up your room. And it just happened. As you said, so it happened. You said to the kids, uh, those dishes are going to be in the dishwasher in the next 30 seconds. And it happened. Like, wouldn't you love that kind of authority, that confidence to speak it and it happened? Or you said to your husband, you will be home on time to take the kids to soccer tonight. Okay, guys, let's, let's do our best. <laughs> Seriously, though, I wonder how many of us have got family or friends or maybe personally we're going through something and we just wished we, we, we had that kind of confidence that we could just declare and, and know that God would answer our prayer in the way that we desire. That this, God, let this come to pass. Please, Lord, let this come to pass. This morning, my title is Confidence in God. I want to talk about confidence in God. And I pray today that as you leave this place, you will find a confidence in God that you mightn't have had this morning as you walked in. We've probably all prayed for something to happen at some time through our life and it hasn't happened according to our desires. Now, praise God, I've seen some amazing things happen in my life where God has answered prayers miraculous ways. But sometimes those things don't happen like we had hoped and our confidence begins to just waver a little. 
Today, I want us to look at the life of Elijah. We're not going to look at his whole life, but we're going to look at a, a, a bit of a flying glance of a, a couple of things that have ha- a few of the things that happened in Elijah's life. But I'm so aware that if I just talk about uh, some great man of God and how he was always doing great things and it was always awesome, you'd kind of go, yeah, great. That's not my life, is it? Have you ever noticed how we somehow all love the stories of people who, who fail but get back up again? Because that's inspiring, because that's the place that we've all been in. We've all failed, we've all tripped up, we've all had struggles at times. And this morning, my prayer is that as you look at the life of Elijah, even though God does these amazing things through his life, that you will be encouraged today, that you can find confidence in God. We're not going to read through all of Kings 17 and 18, but I just want to skim over some of the, the, the parts of the journey for Elijah. In 1 Kings 17, we see Elijah, after he's declared that there's going to be no rain, he goes out in the wilderness and he's fed by ravens. And God miraculously d- drops off um, bread and meat every morning, every night. How, okay, how many people would like their food delivered every morning and night by ravens? Just uh, bring it on. Bread and meat. Like, that sounds like the life. Sounds pretty good. And then he's got told to go on to go and live and be cared for by a widow and her son. And he goes there and she doesn't have much, but God miraculously provides food again for the household, oil and flour. And it just keeps, keeps being renewed. God miraculously supplies for them. But after some time, the, the son of the widow dies. But then God uses Elijah to miraculously raise him from the dead. Like this is a full-on, amazing, awesome story as you read through the life of Elijah. If you want to see the power of God at work, read through 1 Kings 17 and 18. Then in 1 Kings chapter 18, God tells Elijah to go to King Ahab. Go and speak to him again and confront him and the prophets of Baal. And we see this God contest where they're kind of like, we are going to decide once and for all today, who is God? We're going to decide. We're going to, we're going to work this out. We're going to set up these altars and we're going to take it in turns. You're going to cry out to your gods, to Baal and all your gods. And I'm going to call out to the God of Israel and we're going to see who is the true God today. And they go, right, oh, let's do this. Yep. I just picture like a scene in Survivor and they're all, they're all kitted up and they're all ready to go. And Elijah gets a little bit, um, he kind of taunts them a little bit and they're, they're crying out to their, their gods, they're, they're, they're cutting themselves and they're, and they're, they're crying out to their, their, their gods and Elijah's like, I think he must be on the toilet, you're going to have to wait a little bit. Or maybe he's asleep, you're going to have to yell louder to wake him up. And nothing happens. But then Elijah tells him to pour this water all over the offering, all over the sacrifice. And then he prays, it's a simple prayer, and boom, fire from heaven falls on the offering. And it says in verse 39 in chapter 18, All the people fell face down to the ground and cried out, The Lord, He is God. The Lord is God. And uh, I can't remember exactly uh, whether it was Ahab or Elijah, but anyway, the 450 prophets of Baal were not very popular in that moment and they were removed. Um, Finished. (laughs) And then on top of all that, Elijah declares, it's going to rain. The people hadn't seen rain or dew for three and a half years and Elijah declares, it's going to rain, get ready for the storm. 
And it says he goes up on the mountain and he begins to pray. And he sends out his servant and says, can you see any storm coming yet? No. Sends him out again. Can you see it? No. Can you see it again? No. Can you see it again? No. And maybe you're in that place today and you've been praying and you're just saying, I can't see anything. But then finally the servant comes back and I see it. He says, I can see a cloud about the size of a man's fist. And he says, let's get out of here because it's about to get wet. And then if all that isn't enough... Well, then we see God gives uh, Elijah superhuman strength to run faster than King Ahab's chariot. And he, he runs all the way to Jezreel and, and beats the chariot. You know what? As a cyclist, I used to pray, God, give me some of that Elijah's kind of speed today. Uh, it didn't work yesterday. But uh, if you were Elijah in that moment, you've seen God do these awesome, amazing things through your life, in your life, around you. I wonder how you would be feeling. Now, if you know what happens in the story, if you know what happens next and you know what happens, just kind of put that aside for a moment. How would you be feeling in that moment? I kind of think you'd be just like, wow, God, you are so, so good. God, nothing can stop you. Everything I am is yours. God, you are able to do all things. You, you made all things and all things are for your glory. No one is equal to my God. But then let's read what happens in 1 Kings 19. And we're going to read verse 1 and 2 for some context and then see Elijah's reaction in verse 3 and 4. It says this. So he's prayed for rain. He's just outrun the chariot. <coughs> Excuse me. And it says, when Ahab, King Ahab, got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. May the gods strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you killed them. And of course, Elijah, the man, mighty man of God, says, you will not overcome my God. You and I will stand firm. No, that's not what happens. Verse 3, it says, Elijah was afraid and he fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servants there, a servant there. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. You know, some of us have seen some amazing things happen in our life. We've seen God do miraculous things in our life. We've understood who God is, His love for us, and we have surrendered our life to Him. But even some of us who've seen those things, we, we believe that God is, is our Savior. Jesus has come and he, he rose again. He's defeated sin and death. You believe it, but you're tired. I believe some people today, and you are just exhausted spiritually. And you have faith in God, but it's so tired. And I just feel like there's some people that your faith is just hanging by a thread even. You know, Elijah had seen some awesome things happen. God had used him in amazing ways. But what happened? I want to give you four possible scenarios of what had happened in that moment. 
Maybe Elijah had just let his focus shift. He'd had a confidence in God. He'd had this confidence to step out in God. But suddenly, maybe his eyes just drifted from God and he just looks at himself. He sees Jezebel wanting to see him dead and he's just filled with fear. Maybe it was some kind of demonic attack that the, the, the enemy came to just discourage him and, and overwhelm him to the point where he just wanted to die. Maybe. Did God allow, did God even send Jezebel to, to keep Elijah from becoming proud that he might stay humble and cry out to his God? You know, God wants us to come to him in humility. And if we don't humble ourselves, he will allow situations to come that cause us to cry out to him. Well, the fourth option, maybe Elijah had actually just run so fast, literally, he had run so hard, he had poured out his life that the fuel tank of his soul was just empty. I wonder if you've ever been in that place. To be honest, just this last week, I, I took Monday, Tuesday off after a massive last few weeks, I should say, really, just getting ready for the conference and the conference last week and driving backwards and forwards to the airport. And we had our, our, our state CRC conference here with uh, almost 200 people. And, and it was just a, a massive full-on week. But it's not just the physical side of it. There is a spiritual battle going on when we step out for God. And sometimes our, our tank just runs dry and we are tired i'm going to come to the point of this passage that just really encouraged me early in the week a little bit later but you know what i know is this we are all on a journey we're all on a journey it's a bit like a roller coaster it has twists and turns we don't see coming it has some serious uphill sections at times it has some crazy fast exhilarating downhills at times we're all on a journey and God is still in control. Our God does not change. Our emotions, our, our, our sense of confidence in God might go up and down at times, but our God does not change. And some of us here today, we're on the mountaintop. You're, you're on the mountaintop. You've, you've seen God do some amazing things. You, you've, you've been praying for something. Things have just broken through and you're kind of saying, I feel like God could do anything right now. Let me pray for someone because I totally believe they're going to get healed right now. And if that's you today, maybe we better get you to come and pray for people after. But for some other people here, you're in that place like Elijah. And to be honest, you feel like it would be so much easier if he just took you home to be with Jesus today. I'm, I'm going to be honest, I've been there. I've just been thinking, God, I am so tired. Not, not this week, I haven't been quite that empty. But there's been times in my life where I just feel like, God, I am so exhausted. Just take me home to be with you now. Seriously, God. You know, Paul got there, one of the greatest apostles of the, of the New Testament. He got to that place. You read through Philippians. In Philippians 1.23, he says, I'm torn between two desires. I long to go to be with Christ, which would be far better for me. But for your sakes, it is better that I continue to live. You know, Paul was totally worn out. His tank was empty. And he's just saying, God, I don't know what to do. I wish I could go home to be with you now, but God, I'm here for you. Now, a couple of years ago, in 2020, we did a series called Not Afraid. 
And we look through 2 Corinthians as, as Paul talked to the people of Corinth and said, you know, I've been through this, you've been through this, but God has not changed. And if you need some encouragement, I encourage you to go back and read through 2 Corinthians. Be encouraged as Paul encouraged the people of Corinth. You know, even Jesus got to a point in his life where he said, God, I don't want to go through this. He didn't want to go through all that he endured upon the cross. Luke 22, we read, Father, if you're willing, please take this cup of suffering from me. But yet not my will be done, your will be done. Sometimes the tank just gets a little empty. But here's the awesome thing. Don't stop there. From that low, depressed state that Elijah was in at that moment, have a listen to what happens next in 1 Kings 19 verse 5. It says, Elijah, Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, Get up and eat. He looked around and there beside his head was some baked bread on hot stones. Can you smell the bread? Oh, sounds great. He looked around and saw some baked bread and hot, on st- hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, Get up and eat some more or the journey ahead will be too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. There he came to a cave where he spent the night. Now, I love this passage, and this is the passage that encouraged me even this week. You know, the seasons in our lives where God just wants us to sleep and eat. And I said, it is good. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You know, Psalm 127 verse 2 says, God gives rest to those he loves. And if you're thinking, well, how come he hasn't given me any rest yet? (laughs) Maybe, just maybe, there's a voice calling you to stop that you haven't quite heard yet. God gives rest to those he loves. I think sometimes we run ourselves into the ground. But God wants us to sleep he wants us to eat. There's two things I had to learn as a, a teenager. I got glandular fever because I didn't think I needed sleep. God taught me a lesson. But God wants you to sleep and eat. I heard someone say recently, God's into comfort food. It's like, look at this. He just tells him, get up and eat. You need some encouragement. You need some building up. You need some nourishment. I think there's a time and a measure and there's an okay and a not okay time for comfort food maybe. But God says, get up and eat. God is still in control and he knows that we need rest. He knows what we need in every single season. You know, Satan wants you to be overwhelmed. He wants you to be discouraged. He wants you to be so overwhelmed that you stop praising God. You know, there was little circumstances uh, this week that, would, that came and I could just see the enemy trying to steal our joy of what happened over the last, last week before. You know, the enemy always comes in after the great victories to try and bring discouragement, try and bring something that will distract you from the great things God has done, to distract you from giving him the praise and the honor that he deserves. Satan wants to discourage you, to stop you praising him, to stop lifting up the name of Jesus. But God wants you to be refreshed. 
In verse 10, we go on and read that God comes and, and asks Elijah. And any time God asks a person a question, it's a good point to stop and say, hang on, God doesn't need our wisdom. If you, say, if you sense God asking you a question, it's not so that you can teach God something. If God's asking a question, it's a moment of God saying, hang on, have a think about this for a moment. Where are you at right now? How, how are you thinking about this? And God asks Elijah, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? And Elijah says it as it was. He says, I've zealously served you, but the people of Israel have turned away. And he, he, he says to God, I'm the only one left, which turns out to not be true, but... He just pours out his heart before God and God calls him to come and stand before him. And then I'm not going to read it all just for time's sake, but there's a mighty windstorm and it says the, the rocks on which Elijah is standing, the rocks around him shake from the wind. And then there is an earthquake and then there's a fire. But it says God's not in the earthquake, God's not in the wind, he's not in the fire. But then God speaks in a gentle whisper. As this still small voice speaks to Elijah. And I want to ask you today, where are you at today? Maybe you want to ask yourself, why am I here? Maybe you're thinking, because someone invited me, it's Mother's Day, I thought I'd better come. Cause my... I mean, not, not why are you here in this room, but what is your existence for? Where are you at today? Maybe you're on the mountain, you feel like, you know what, I know my God, I know He can do all things, and I believe anything is possible. Maybe you're in the wilderness, maybe you feel alone like Elijah did, and you're kind of thinking, I don't even know what the point of my life is right now. Maybe you're not even sure if God's there to cry out to. Maybe you're in the storm, and you, you know God, you believe He's there, but you're kind of, you're hearing the storm, you're hearing the wind, and the, the, the earth quaking around you and you're kind of thinking, God, I just want to hear your voice. I just want to encourage you to keep waiting for the whisper. Psalm says, be still and know that I am God. And I believe for every single one of us, God wants to speak into our hearts, into our lives, that we would know again with confidence that he is our God. Jesus is still the saviour of the world. No matter, no matter what happens in this life, or no matter where your roller coaster of life is headed or gone or at, right at this moment, God is still the same. He's still in control. And I want to encourage you today to put your confidence in Him. Let your eyes not be on yourself. Let's not look at our own insignificance, our own failures, but let's look to the God of heaven who who made the rain stop for three and a half years, who made the rain come after that time when Elijah prayed, the one who raised that, son, that, that child from the dead, the one who raised Jesus from the dead, because he's here today and he loves you. I just want to ask the band to come. I just want to pray for us this morning. Being a mum, not that I am one, but I, I, I'm a pretty good friend of one who's a mother to six kids. It's, it's a busy life. <laughs> you know, in the whisper, in that still small voice that Elijah heard as he just waited for God, God spoke to Elijah 
about his next mission. He said to go and, and call Elisha. And we, we know that Elisha went on and did even more amazing miracles than Elijah. And I want to encourage you today, if you're in a season where you feel like, yeah, I, I know God, or maybe you're crying out and you're saying, I don't know God, but I want to. I believe God's got a fresh season ahead for you. I believe he has a, a new call for some of us. Maybe we've, we've done some things, we've, we've seen God do things, but we are just tired and weary right now. And God just says, come to me. I want to whisper into your heart today. Draw aside through the week and just say, God, fill me again afresh today. Over the next uh, couple of months, we actually, we've got some uh, new things happening. Well, one's not, one's not new. Last year, we ran a certificate of leadership training time to encourage us in, as, as leaders, as disciples of Christ who want to make disciples, to grow in those things. And there's some flies on the back table there that we want to feed each other and encourage one another. Just as, as God fed Elijah, he wants to feed you. He wants to fill you up, not just physically, but spiritually. He wants you to grow and become ready for what he wants to do in and through your life. And we're also going to be running something uh, brand new, and it's, I'm going to be honest, it's still coming together in what it's going to look like. We're going to be running a, a biblical foundations course over three months. It's going to be a one-night-a-week uh, program. And we just want to come together around the Word of God. It's going to be about a two-hour time, once a week. And if you know God is just wanting to fill you, you just feel like, you know what, my, I, I just, you feel like the foundations of your life maybe have just been washed out and you just need to grow in God. I want to encourage you to consider coming and being a part of that time. And we, it's got a little expression of interest form down the bottom there. And if you can let us know what time, what day would suit you. I believe there's some practical things that we can do to be built up and encouraging God. Amen. We need to open the Word of God. We need to draw aside and spend time with Him because He wants to speak with you. Can we stand right now? Let's just pray. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God, I just thank you so much that you know us. You know every single one of us completely. God, I just thank you so much that no matter what part of the journey we're at, God, that you love us and you just continue to desire to speak and encourage us. Lord, even when we've, Lord, we've stuffed up, we've done the wrong thing, we've, we've just turned away and done our own thing, God, you still love us and you call us to come back to you, to fall at your feet and say, say God, I'm sorry. And I just thank you that you want to lift us again. You want to refresh us. Well, there's going to be seasons where we just need to rest in you and, and, and have a, a spiritual sleep in you. There's going to be times just to, to eat and be fed and refreshed. But God, I just thank you that you're going to cause us to rise up again. And I just thank you for your Spirit's presence here today. And Lord, just by your still small voice, I just pray that you would speak into the hearts and lives of people here today. Thank you, Lord. God's just whispering to you, I still love you. Maybe God's whispering to you that that plan hasn't changed. Maybe you've heard the, the call of God to trust Him and do something for His glory. And you've started, but then you've got distracted and you feel like, oh, I've, I've, I've mucked it up. It's pointless now. I believe God's just wanted to whisper to some people today, I haven't given up on you. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just encourage you, if there's something God is whispering into your heart, just to write it down. Maybe you want to do that now. Maybe you want to do it when you go home. But don't forget what God is speaking to you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God, I just thank you so much that your word tells us that anyone who calls on your name, you will not turn away. God, I just thank you that even now as you are whispering to people's hearts, even now that, Lord, you're waiting for us to call on you. I just thank you, Lord, for anyone here today that maybe they've never cried out to you. Maybe they've called on you a long time ago, but they know they've drifted from you. I just thank you, Jesus, for anyone here today that just wants to surrender their life to you again today. Lord, you want to make us new. You say anyone who calls on your name is forgiven, that we have forgiveness and eternal life to look forward through to, that you do not turn us away for anyone who comes to you. If that's you today, I just encourage you to say, God, I'm sorry for the things I've done. Lord, I give you my life. Help me, Lord, to live for your glory. Help me to live this new life for you. God will hear your cry. He will lift you up and he will help you stand again. He will help you walk with him. And even, he can even, even help you outrun the chariot. How cool is that? Thank you, Jesus. God, we just thank you today for your goodness, for your mercy and grace. And Lord, I just thank you that your presence goes with us. And Lord, it's not just here in this place. This, this building isn't anything special. But Lord, you have created us to be the temple of your Holy Spirit. Your Spirit has come to live within us. And as we go out, we carry your presence into the, whatever place we go into. And Lord, I just pray that you would use us for your glory. Even as you raised Elijah up again for your glory, that God, we would go out from this place, that we would be refreshed and that we would run for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We're going to sing one last song this morning. My chains are gone. I've been set free. And this morning, if you would like someone to pray with you, if you've been feeling a little bound by chains or something in your life that's just been just binding you up. I just want to encourage you to come forward. We'd love to pray with you this morning. And let's lift up our praise to Him as we sing this song together because He is worthy of our praise. Thanks, guys.